Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, what's laughingly called the summer weekend wrap. Or at least... uh, that was the case until the weather intervened, so we're about to do some quick thinking, but we've got your cracking show. Welcome to a new week on the renowned and sometimes controversial Radio New York Sport. And Bolton beat the weather and collected 19 points as their batsmen finally hit some form. Ben Ryder 72 and Chris Dobby 35 before Ryan Charlesworth took over with the ball 3 for 36 to leapfrog opponents Kimberley. More on this one from Tim Clipchen a little bit later. Collingham were the only other side to play but a disappointing losing draw will not help them climb the table. David Pikes with the story of this match. Still to come, the eagerly anticipated Farndon versus Newark local Derby, one of the many matches that fell foul of the morning's rain. Newark Town and Collingham finally know where they're going to be playing next season. Damo Parkinson talks us through the Step 7 leagues. And ten months ago, Chloe Davis had not even picked up a pair of boxing gloves. Yesterday, she pulled on an England vest. She joins us at 750 to talk about her rise to fame. And the 34th Gordon Wellborn week was deemed a great success with over 100 runners out each night. Geoffrey Gregory won the men's series and Alison Roberson repeated her success of 2003 for the ladies. But we're going to go straight to the telephone lines where, hopefully, New York Town Manager Damo Parkinson's waiting for us. Damo, good evening. Good evening, Mick. Good evening. And now, um, it's more like football weather. I'm sure all the groundsmen all over the country will love this, but uh, you've got all eyes on Saturday on a big FA announcement because that was when they decided they was going to tell the world who was playing in Step 7 football next season. And more to the point where those going to play in seven football. Had you any inclination of what was about to happen? Um, clearly, uh, we knew there'd be a little bit of uh, shifting about, which I think there will be for the next next few years, to be honest, because I know they're obviously trying to increase the numbers of teams in a lot of leagues. Um, but no, not really. Um, but no massive surprise at the same time. Well, let's start with the Central Midlands Law, because I want to talk to you about two or three. I want to talk to you about the Lynx League as well, because I know you have one eye on what goes off in Lincolnshire football. Um, but let's start with the division that Newark Town are in, and so are Collingham, because I've always got it in the back of my mind with the FA trying to improve the Lynx League as much as they are as they can, that Collingham would be one of the clubs that was susceptible to be shifted across. But they haven't been. They've remained in the Central Midlands North. Um but you've lost Clay Cross. I know you're not a, as big a fan as Clay Cross as, as, as some of us, but um, one of the potential champions has gone to the South Division. 
Yeah, I think obviously if you look at league table on its own, they win a lot of games and they have done every single year, so every year they're strong. Um but to be honest, I thought there were three three or four teams better than them last year anyway. Um obviously they've got the two lads up top that score a lot of goals. Um but without them two, to be honest, I I, I didn't think much of them. But yeah, it's it's one team um that has been kind of top three for the last three or four years. Um, but they've replaced them with some equally good teams, to be honest. The new boys, sort of, well, one one old boys who's um, went up to step six previous season and have come straight back down, and that's Harworth. And it really now we wait to see what sort of team Harworth put together, don't we? Yeah, I, th- I think um, obviously always difficult um, going up out of step seven, step six, and they, they come back down. I think they had a bit of a fight towards the end, but come back down. But they'll be they'll be strong because I mean, although they went up, they've been strong for a number of years. Um, so they'll, they'll be very strong. Don't know anything about uh, the other new boys being Sutton Rovers. I assume that's Sutton in Nashfield. Yes. Yeah. Um. Does, yeah. Um, and, and, and again, we don't know. But to be fair, every team in the league, well, you can look this season, but like us, we're, we're going to be well, we're going to be different. Um, so every single team, they'll have new managers. New manager brings new players. So although we know Retford will be strong and Arthur will be strong and Collingham will be strong, some of the teams that were down near the bottom this year might be up near the top next year. A lot changes over the summer. There's always a surprise package, isn't there? Somewhere in there there'll be a surprise package as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, in the Central Midlands South, um, where Clay Crossers have gone, um, uh, alongside alongside Pinkston and Arnold Tan, and whoever would have thought Arnold Tan would be playing in Step 7 football. So, for so long, the flagship of Nottinghamshire football. Again, there's a few clubs. You say that about Retford, though, to be honest. Yes. Um, what, what about Retford being down where they are? Where for for years they've been they've been up there, and obviously when they had the game last year, and there was a thousand people there. It, it shows. But clubs are running a number of different ways, and and people move on, and managers leave, and players leave, and it's, it's unpredictable. And to be honest, there's there were quite a few clubs higher up that the FA have enforced some rules around ground standards, etc. Um, that have dropped two or three leagues. Um, so it's just a funny old funny old world but I think you know the strong league that one's a very strong league I I, I think I'm convinced myself that it's far and away better that the FA has taken it away from the leagues and the, it's the FA that's making these decisions now and not the leagues hanging on to teams because the chairman's on the management committee and they're all and good guys and all things like that and all that's been taken away now and it's been I think it's going to take two or three years because it's a massive undertaking but I do think the FA have got this one right um, I agree to an extent because obviously there has been favouritism towards certain clubs and certain clubs like you say holding on but at the same time um there's got to be some choice so for example for us um, obviously we, we wanted to be in the Central Midlands we're still in the Central Midlands but if we wanted to reduce our travelling um, Lynx League Knotts League um, would have been better options I mean potentially there's Wakefield coming into our league um, and a club even further than that so 
we travel a ridiculous amount of miles um, but actually it had never been in our hands to move if we wanted to um, even though we're in Nottinghamshire and there's a Nottinghamshire league that that we wouldn't have been able to do you think do, that. do you think Damo knowing your your knowledge of, of the game at this level and from what the noise is that's coming out of the FA about they want the county state responsibility for step 7 is the Central Midlands days numbered 100% um, well run league well established league um, but unfortunately like, like we've just said we're in Nottinghamshire other than us in Collingham we're travelling at least an hour that way it's great for the club Sheffield way because they're all in and around but we've got clubs on our doorstep that are 10 minutes away uh, Southall City um, just up the road towards Grantham towards Nottingham um, obviously if we went in the Lynx League it, it's 45 minutes travelling same for Collingham and it's just which makes it harder you know clubs up there are travelling 10-15 minutes to games we're, we're travelling over an hour so I think I think it probably probably is which would be a shame because it's been a very very well run well managed league probably better than some of their mothers we've just spoke about but um, obviously there's drop out of adult footballers um, Saturday's now a work day for a lot of people so you don't want to spend all afternoon travelling around Quick look um, at the Knots League there's not a lot of changes South will still there Staple do one it's still there because quite frankly they haven't got the floodlights and what they're supposed to have no. to, to, to go up so the not senior league is pretty much as you were. The one that intrigued me most, Damo, was the the Lynx League, and I know these are reserve sides, but Brigtown, Cleethorpes, Gainsborough Trinity, Grimsby Borough, um, going there alongside Morelands, um, Immingham, um, Laftan again, Laf United, Nettlem. That is turning into a decent league. Yeah, it's a very good league. Um, I mean, we will be playing Gainsborough Trinity reserves plus one or two. Uh, first teamers so I've, I've seen them play and we're obviously working against the Trinity um, a good set of footballers very good set of footballers and Lincoln Morelands obviously I think they would have gone up but they missed the deadline to apply um, so they're, they're a strong team and they wanted to stay in the Central Midlands because they saw a year ago that the standard of the Lincoln League won that good I've spoke to them uh, pre-season and now they're quite happy with the standard to be honest um, it's getting better and better um, I think the problem was when it, when it was established in the Lynx League it didn't have that promotion spot so any decent team that had ambitions of, of climbing the levels the Lynx League wasn't the path to do that which now now that is the case Let's go back to New York Town because um, I, I don't suppose it can be long before pre-season training comes and now we're past the 1st of June have we got any major signings to announce or are you keeping them close to your chest uh, close to my chest uh, we start on uh, Monday um, Monday night so a few people have said it's a bit early but we've got Lincoln United first team which is a massive game um, on the 10th of July so we wanted to get some sessions in um, before that and have a look at um, quite a few new faces to be honest so we've not not got anything to announce yet but obviously in a week or two time there'll be quite a few um, ahead of that first game like I said Lincoln United um, on the 10th which will be our first game down at the new ground as well so lots of interesting conversations um, <laughs> spoke to loads and loads and loads and loads of players so it haven't been quiet at all but well, looking forward to it's the right weather again. for fishing isn't it <laughs> it is it is indeed yeah I've just been there watching the weather actually and it doesn't look like it's going to get any drier. <laughs> so hopefully... So I'll carry uh, on fishing. 
<laughs> Hopefully it's nice and dry. But uh, no, we, we haven't, to be honest, um, we've not had to do much talking to players, to be honest, which has been really, really nice. I spoke to one or two back from my Moreland's days. Um, but other than that, a lot of people have come to us. Um, so yeah, we've not really had to, not had to speak to anyone yet. I think what we can say is we'll see a much changed Newark Town side when it um, when it does come back to the town for the start of the season. I think we'll leave it at that one for you. Perfect. What about your back room? Have have have, have you got that um, where you want it? Uh, not yet. We're still looking for a coach. To be honest, um, obviously we're going to be making announcements again uh, start for next week. But yeah, we've got um, someone to come in and work with the goalkeepers this year, which I think is quite important because they get left out. Um, obviously Ollie Beale staying with us as physio but there'll be announcements around the other uh, the other positions moving forward we're just looking for a coach and you know they're not easy to find um, decent coaches isn't easy uh, particularly those that you're asking to give up quite a bit of time to be honest obviously hour and a half on a Wednesday night and a Saturday um, not easy to uh, to find so obviously we've done a bit of scouting about and had a few conversations but nothing concrete yet so hopefully that'll be sorted obviously we're starting pre-season and getting into the friendlies we'd like to have someone in before that exactly I have a feeling me and you is going to be talking on this show on a fairly regular basis before the season starts with these big announcements that um, you've promised to give me in a fortnight's time perfect alright mate thank you so much right cheers thank you thanks bye and Mr Smith that's um both Collingham and Newark Town remain in the Central Midlands North and there was a school of thought that either of them could be moved Lincolnshire or the Notts Senior League but they've remained where they are but it was interesting to hear Damo say that in his esteemed opinion that the Central Midlands League's days are, yeah. are numbered as it <clears throat> comes under county jurisdiction yeah, and that's only the same way as cricket isn't it? Oh yeah, but I mean it's um, it was also very interesting to hear how strong the Lincoln League is There's from a, nothing. Yeah, I from mean nothing. That th- that is the, the most improved league uh, I think that there is around that I've seen in in, in, in the non-league circles. Mm. That, that, that's superb. To, 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 to go I mean, I, I I know the reserve sides. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, but, but I mean, even you know, so, the reserve sides of clubs that's got caliber: Brigtown, Cleethorpe Town, Gainsborough Trinity, and Grimsby Borough. Yeah, I mean, uh, Damo spent enough time at Gainsborough Trinity to to, to uh, know what he's talking about when he says that Gainsborough Trinity's reserve side are going to be no mugs, and uh, the, the, it, the, there are some very well-established football clubs. And if you've got their second string playing in the league, it's going to be a decent standard, that well, it's is. It's going to be, isn't it? You would have thought some decent grounds to go and play on, as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Clay Cross, gone to the south, so... Arbus bound to be strong. Collingham's bound to be strong, because that's going to be pretty much the same setup as last season, I would have thought, unless University has, has intervened with some of Paul Lyde's, um Youngsters, Redford United, you would assume are going to be strong. Hmm. Um, if he does get the players he wants, um, it's going to be competitive. It's very interesting to hear Demo say that uh, players are approaching Newark Town to play for them because uh, that's always a sign of a a well-respected club, isn't it? It is. It <clears throat> is. And if you've got that situation, then you're not doing uh, too badly as a football manager. We wish them well. It was also interesting to. Um, 
pick up on a piece of news tonight at about five o'clock tonight that Glossop North End have lost today their appeal with the FA um, to go in the FA put them in the Evo stick south or north and anyway they wanted it to go in the other so the FA are still still even though we speak now and they've still announced all these leagues still hearing clubs appeals I mean I say that because there's a local appeal in there waiting to for us to know the answer to but we found out over the weekend that gates had been demoted from the National League on finance uh, which has given Aldershot yeah. a reprieve <clears throat> they haven't reprieved Truro though so they've stopped it there they haven't retrieved Truro Truro's been relegated and they've put which means o- Oxford City now go into the National League South instead of the National uh, League well, that's North good. that's a good thing which you know I, I th- <laughs> which of course means Blythe Spartans will face Gateshead mm. which um, that'll be a couple of fun games won't it oh yeah and um that's mouth-watering. Blythe will now not have to play away to Oxford City, which I've got knowing that league would probably be a night match in any case. Well, I mean, especially Lee Clark being at Blythe Spartans now. I mean, that is going to be... Uh, Blythe Spartans against Gateshead is going to be an absolute belting isn't game. Isn't it just? I mean, that's what the football's going to be all about, it's, it's, isn't it's, it? It's, it's, it's going to be on a par for the people involved with Newcastle versus Sunderland, isn't it? I mean, it is a bel- oh, belting game. It's a belting game. Right, coming up... Um, Next, assuming I can ever find the telephone, is uh, I think he has got it. A cricket match that was played at the weekend, um, and Bolton did very well because they got 19 points. And I think the phone's about to come back to me, so <laughs> we stand a bit of a chance of finding Tim Clipsham. Remarkably, two cricket matches did get played at the weekend, and one of them was Bolton, and they made the best of it. They really did. Um, 19 points over Kimblay. Um, that's what you got to do. Tim Clipsham, when the others are not playing, make hay while you can. Yeah, yeah, it's um, like we said all along, Mick, we, we played to a plan and this week it came off. Um, you know, it's great to get the win on the board again and um, playing to what we know we can, really. That's the main thing about it. Right, talk us, um, talk us through what I would assume was not a very pleasant afternoon to play cricket. No, it was... Um, it was damp and drizzly, and to be fair, we got the covers on, so that wasn't a problem at all. It was the problem was there was an area on the square that we couldn't um, really get dry. But as, the, as it was getting, you know, the wind was still blowing, and it was drying out a bit, and it does dry fairly well on there. Um, but the pitch played perfectly, like you know, the wicket was covered from. Uh, I think we got the covers on Wednesday night, um, so there was no excuses that way. Uh, we, we were determined to get the game on and we did so um, yeah yeah, good win all around me um, and you find some form with the bat Ben Ryder hitting 72 and Chris Dobby 35 sort of the pick of the bunch yeah yeah no they played um, Ben Ryder great knock at the top of the innings there um, played really well you know showed the potential what we've seen all winter um then had a good partnership with Ryan Charlesworth. Um, he went in and probably got 20 odd, I guess. Then uh, Dobby himself got a few. Um, and yeah, no, just kicked on. We, we had good partnerships all the way through, really. Um, yeah, just it, it, it just clicked, you know, one of them days where it went really well and everything we did really for the, 
for the start of the innings when we were batting it, it showed what we can do really and Kimberley was never really in the hunt was he for the to, to, to get the total yeah well, the, to be fair there was a lad at the top of the innings there and he anchored it for them he played really well although he wasn't scoring and the, the lads at the other end were scoring and then their captain come in and at one point it was like are they going to go for it aren't they he was playing really well and then we got uh, I think we got two wickets in two balls um, Ryan Charles was in and then that just you know just steadied them right up then and it was game over um, but w- they were going for it like they, they was determined to play as much as we was um, they, they wanted to play like there was one of the umpires that didn't really want to go back out but both of us kept on saying look we both want to play we're here to play let's get the game on and uh, thank god the other umpire did um you could go on like said look let's get it on and um, it was just drizzling so that's the good thing about it we got the game completed you're there to play the game get on and play it isn't yeah. it? Um, uh, it's not done you a lot of good position wise but it's done you the world of good um, with games in hand and you're only now two and three points behind the clubs in front of you yeah yeah it's, um, these are the games that you know we need to be winning obviously you're clifting up the top of flying um, you know you just need to try and take as many points off them as you can but the games at the bottom you know the bottom half are the ones we need to be winning and that's what we went and did so um, all well and good really and that final well there's another final to come but nearly finally leaves you to tell us the name of your new overseas professional because I took one look at it and thought that's Tim's job <laughs> well we <laughs> We've got a fairly easy one. We call it Bubbly, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not even trying to pronounce it. I think it's um, Kumara. Is I don't know the second name. Amorous Singer is it or something? I don't know. Wouldn't even try to do it, Rick. And what did he think to the Great British Summer? It was absolutely frozen. It <laughs> um, <he> was just. <laughs> I can't explain to you how cold it looked. It was. Uh, I think you'll be on the first plane back to Sri Lanka, won't you, today? <laughs> well, let's hope, let's hope next weekend it's a little bit warmer for him and, and that bright spot in the sky does actually make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, the seconds had a good win on Sunday as well. Um, they, a lot of the kids are playing on a Sunday in the second team. They had a real good win uh, against Southall, So Always good uh, to beat Southall. Yeah, yeah, no, and the kids did well again, so that's good. Um, Yeah, no, really good. That's what it's all about. uh, Stephen Bins and his son knocked the winning runs off the first time they batted together, and I think he was nine and ten, and they they got the winning runs, so it went down to the wire. I mean, you know, when you say Stephen Bins and his son, I mean, I'm the same age group as Keith Bins, and it's it's, it's not, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, well, when I was. (laughs) <laughs> when we started playing Keith was playing then and yeah. to be fair he was a good second team cricketer really good second team cricketer um, 
and he was there like as we were kids as such he was he was one who brought us all through and then obviously Stephen was playing but he got a bad back injury um, but now he's, he's got a couple of sons and a daughter who you know they're playing and no it's good it's good for the club and um, now for the bad news you're on the way to Lincoln Hospital yeah yeah dad had a bit of an accident last night uh, fell over and smashed his hip um, God knows how he did it but yeah just going across there now to see him um, uh, yeah, he hasn't had the operation today because um, he's obviously got blood problems etc with his heart failure so they're just sorting his blood out and hopefully going to operate first thing in the morning but yeah he, he's, he's on good form I think anyway but just, um, just going to go and pick mum up well, I know the whole of Newark cricket is going to give you know sends their best wishes to yeah, him, yeah, and no, uh, no, that yeah. uh, you know he does make speedy recovery, and we can see him all again watching watching the cricket because he is a you know we use the leg- we, we use the word loosely, but he is um, you know he's a Bolton legend and he's probably a Newark yeah. legend as well. So yeah. l- look, um, look after him, send him the whole of Newark sports good wishes, and um, we'll catch you again next week. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Yeah. Bye, bye. bye. You were shaking your head there. Captains don't persuade umpires whether they're playing or not. An umpire makes his own decision or with his colleague <coughs> without any influence or interference from anybody. You don't say to an umpire, oh, come on, let's play. The umpire says, you sit down, son, and I'll tell you whether you're playing or not. That's what a good umpire would say. Oh, yes. But you would still try and put your five penny worth in. Well, a good umpire won't listen to them. Must be a lot of good football referees, because they don't listen to anybody. Football referees are a totally different breed, Michael. Right, okay. We're talking about human beings with umpires. Right. Well, at least he was persuaded, and Bolton got the 19 points, and that, at the end of the season, <laughs> could be an absolutely oh, God, massive yeah. 19 points. Yeah. When everybody else gets six, six apiece. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, right. it could be massive. The, the, the Fondon... Newark was one of the ones that quite early on Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was always going. Me and Ben were just waiting for the uh, news from um, Callum Road, um, but Ben went along there. For, for, this is for the, the second eleven match against. So Chilwell, you've got covers at Callum Road. Oh yeah, but it was just, you know, I mean, the, the outfield was drenched. It was just. Uh, this is why I have. I, I mean, all groundsmen are brilliant because of the work that they do. But those guys at Balderton on a public playing yeah, field yeah. to get that game on while many other games didn't get played I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a fantastic achievement I mean that, that if oh, most cricket grounds are sort of you know the 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 fiefdom of, 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 of the grounds people the curators but Bolden at the playing fields there there's people walking the dogs across every day you know and, and, and the fact that they have got such a fantastic Strip is is just a tremendous credit to the people who work on that. It most certainly is. Now the other team that played at the weekend was Collingham, and um, we're going to talk to David Pipes in a moment. Um, while everybody learns how to listen to one of our podcasts, do you realise that tomorrow night's show with Stacey Atkins will be our four hundredth podcast show? Yeah. Number four hundred tomorrow night. So where's Al? You listen to a podcast show. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony. 
Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. And there's 398 podcasts on there to choose from, and one of the voices that you hear on quite a few of those 398 podcasts is that of our chief cricket correspondent, David Pipes. Uh, David, along with Boulderton, you actually got the game on on Saturday afternoon, but uh, it didn't go quite as well as Boulderton's game. Boulderton. No, we, no um, it was a difficult day. Um, I think Tim mentioned, mentioned quite well about how cold it was and, and damp, but uh, we got out and played and we did. We got more points than what we would have done if um, we had to play, but um, it was a difficult uh, afternoon for us uh, and uh, for everybody concerned on the day. Just talk us through the the game then. Yeah. Um, who did what and who, who did star on the day? Yeah, well, uh, we reduced the match to forty two overs aside. Uh, we went to get started on time. Um, we lost the toss and Carrington opted to bat first, which, in in hindsight, was probably a brilliant decision due to all the weather that was flying around. Um, so we started off steadily. Um, they were. 38 for 2 at 15 overs um, and then the rain came down a bit heavier and, and like, like Bolton's game it was steady raining for most of that, that first 15 overs Jordan Pike started to take us off so um, we didn't actually think we were going to get back on at any time soon after that because um, I thought I knew the forecast was quite bad and I think we took tea around about half 2 and then we got back out on the field after it stopped uh, around about quarter past four so um, it was a bit of a long break and the ball was wet after it rolled into the outfield, into the outfield and we managed to restrict um, Carrington to 185 for eight I think it was yeah 185 for eight um, at, at the midpoint which weren't a bad effort but the ball was starting to seam around quite a bit because the water was getting onto the pitch and drying out as, as it was going. It was just steady rain all the way through. Um, Bowling-wise, um, two or three of us got a couple of wickets each. Um, young Ravi bowled, bowled really well. He, he bowled a great spell at their captain. Um, he's, that was a highlight for Aaron Inns. He, he took one for, but he uh, didn't get the look that he deserved. So in reply, we were chasing the next five we finished about 150 for eight ourselves um, not an easy afternoon it was we didn't finish well 10 past nine and <laughs> 10 was, past nine it, yeah it was it was dark to say the least um, we didn't make a bad start with a bat um, we had a steady start we didn't lose too many wickets and and then we threw a couple away which got them back into the game and, and up to that point they were coasting taking it steady thinking that the light would probably stop them and, and we'd all get a nice six points plus bonus points but we lost a few quick wickets as, as we have done a few times now this season in a bit of a glut and they got their tails up and on came the spinners and, and rattled through the overs and got us through to ten past nine so um, but Rob Matchett again did well with the bat he got 40 odd um, he was a highlight with the bat Ten past nine. I didn't realise da- Dalefield had got floodlights. <laughs> I think we all chipped in with a few few car headlights around the end of the boundary <laughs> at one point. Yeah, it weren't easy seeing the ball, but um, no, I can imagine. 
it's probably more dangerous to the fielders actually, but they was obviously keen to get the get the winning draw that they that they or the win that they had. But it, it was key. They was able to dictate the pace of the game, and, and by winning the toss and batting, they was able to um, either put the brakes on or, or put that foot on the accelerator in terms of the game tempo because they got the runs on the board and they was able to to manage to to hang on and, and get the wickets that they needed. Well. You know, all credit to you for actually, all credit to both teams and the two, all credit to four teams, the two Bolton teams, the Bolton and um, Kimberley as well yeah. for, for getting out there and playing it because it must have been, it must have been desperate out there, David. It was, it was not great and, um, yeah, it, the number four, it weren't too bad. There weren't, obviously, it didn't rain as much like it has up today. Um, it was just enough at times to be able to stay on, but, the, the odd moment that it started to get a bit harder we had to go off and by that stage you then have to wait for it to stop raining before you can get back out so um, but we hung around we was all positive that I wanted to play both sides were again and the umpires were pragmatic in that and they because at any point they could have said that's enough um, so we, we walked away with eight points um, we would have liked more but it was certainly better than cancelling the game before um, before the, we actually turned up, so we did actually gain a few more than what we could have done. Uh, well, let's just hope, as I said to Tim Clipson, let's just hope that this weekend all this rain finally gets out of the way and you get a four days play. All doing well, but uh, it's not looking particularly well at the moment. But um, you never know with, with this game. Wait and see, don't you? Yeah, it could change. The grounds have to say. I'm sure he'll have some input into that. I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive that he will. <laughs> All right, mate, we'll catch you, hopefully, um, on Saturday afternoon. See you, mate. Thanks, David. Bye. Bye-bye. And all credit to, you know, because, I, I, you know, we all say how nice it is to play cricket, but standing outside for eight hours in those conditions must have been just, <clears throat> just yeah, <our> desperate. <clears throat> Ten past nine. Our day at Kellam Road was, uh, was, was quite different because, me, as I say... I was on the phone fr- from early morning with Ben, our uh, second eleven captain, and uh, eventually called it off at twenty past eleven, about ten minutes after the first team game was called off, and then everybody was going to go along and play in the third eleven game, and then um, basically uh, that was then called off. So we ended up at uh, me and Ben and went, went back to his house and uh, sat there watching the England Bangladesh game. And it was lashing it down outside, and on television, on the sky coverage, bright sunshine. And I said to Ben, you wouldn't think it's the same country, would you? He said, Tony, it's in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> that does about sums it up. Last weekend in, or last week in, in slightly better weather, not great better, was the Gordon Wellborn week, and they managed over 100 runners every mm. single night. The 10K finishing with 101 um, I'm pretty sure I can remember a time when I was writing about that and somebody said to me uh, we had 44 last night which we were really pleased with yes but that was before they come onto this radio show yeah but I mean, it, it. It, it just shows that how something that has always been a strong feature in the sporting calendar for Newark has actually increased it's, it's uh, sort of hmm. It's not not its membership, but but, but, but it's in, increased its number of participants, and I think that is a fantastic effort. Taking you away from Newark again, but taking you into Yorkshire, mm. and it's one story that we didn't do last week, and I think it's quite worrying. 
The dwindling band of players at Yorkshire Carnegie Rugby Union Club have been told that the club are preparing to head into a company voluntary arrangement, in other words, bringing in the receivers, as they are unable to meet financial commitments. They actually play in the Championship where Newcastle have gone down to. Nottingham are in there. Cornish Pirates and Jersey. So they've got some decent trips, haven't they? Um, the Alien Championship Club have failed to reach a severance package with all eight of their players under contract for next season and are now facing dying, really. Even if the CVA offer is approved, Carnegie will still have to prove to the Rugby Union in the next couple of months they're in a position to fulfil the championship fixtures until then no recruitment can take place um, should Carnegie's survival bid fail the championship will operate with 11 teams next season as the dead rhyme for withdrawing the leagues has now passed unlike football who was going to carry this on until the middle of June um, for Carnegie fans and rugby in the north it's a sad state of affairs with professional rugby union in, in Leeds on its deathbed Newcastle relegated to the championship there really is only sale sharks in the north of this country playing rugby union at the top level I think um, Carnegie rugby union uh, is based around the Headingley area if not, if not based from Headingley itself and you would think there would be a stronger uh, base for the club based you know based purely on the facts that Headingley is such a strong sporting setup. Well, it's also the university yeah. part of Leeds as I understand yeah, it, it. Is, so yeah, very much so. You would expect there'd be an input. You know, like Newark's finest going to university. Yeah. Um, you 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 would think they'd be able to call on a stack of students who will be able to play the game at a very high level. But rugby union, Tony, and, and, and you know, I, I know there are rugby union clubs up there and there's good rugby union clubs up there. Tyndale play in the one below the championship. Um, the boys play at Whitley Bay. There's good rugby union clubs. But it, is it because the north of the country is such a strong football I, I'm, I'm, yeah, rugby league is to me is okay. It's through that lead spine and then off to the northwest, but the northeast mm. going from Leeds on our side of the country. It I, I went up there the other over the weekend again, and you went past Peter Lee and you saw signs for Tolor Town and Spennymore yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Blythe, and you think, crack! I know all those names through football. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very much a footballing hotbed, is that part of the world. But I think, um, as far as I'm aware, uh, Rugby Union had its uh, had its foothold very much uh, as well. Uh, but it's so long since I've been in that neck of the woods that I don't know what the health of Rugby Union is around that, that area. So I, I, I would think, going back to my day, it's quite strong. But to, you know, like so, you are talking many, many years ago. Or, of course, now they're playing rugby league in the summer. Is it getting stronger again? Hmm. I, th I think it probably is <clears throat> because um, because we don't have the sort of weather in this country to make grounds baking hard. You can basically play rugby league all year round. And certainly from the, from the spectator's point of view, it has become more popular since it's been taken out of the uh, the winter months. But uh, as I say, 
It's, 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 it's difficult because I've not been in that neck of the woods for a heck of a long time and um, certainly I was sat there slack-jawed as you were because I can remember... Slack-jawed? Slack-jawed. Where's remember, that come from? I can remember Keith Binns playing left-back for uh, RHP as, as quite a young fella. Well, you was like me. You was amazed when Binny become a referee. To hear that, um, you know... His grandson is now playing cricket. <laughs> that is one of those oh my goodness moments, isn't it? It is, but I want to take you back to Slack Jord. Yeah, I mean a bit of Slack Water, but what's Slack Jord? Is this a Yorkshire <coughs> saying it's, then? It's, it's basically where your gob hangs open in amazement. So, right? So, so, is this is this the sort of a? I, don't, I, just, I just thought it was a general sort of phrasing. In, in I've the, never ever heard of it. No, Slack Jord. Okay. I, I, yeah. I like it. Did you watch the ladies then <coughs> in the football? Or well, I know you like the radio. Did you listen to the radio? Uh, the I, I, um, the they ladies beat the jocks, obviously. Um, but they, well, they what was interesting? They yes, did they did. The it was two. Half. Yeah, they did in the first half. It was two one. Scotland stuffed them in the second half. What was the final score? Well, two one. Two to to England. Well, England won then. Well, yeah, overall. Well, that's it, then. That's what I said. But in terms of the sort of way the game brought down, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it was... Uh, England were put to the sword by the Jockesses in the England got off. three points. The Jockesses got none. England won. Oh, End of. It's, it's right. 6.1 million people watched it. I didn't, because I was driving back from Newcastle. Did you see it? I decided because uh, my wife and children were at Eden Hall being pampered for the day and I walked into the... Uh, I had all, all my plans for the afternoon uh, were all carefully uh, laid out and then I saw there was a rather lot of washing up needed doing. So while I dried the previous washing up... It's your fault for letting it go without doing the washing up Yeah, part. but, but I, I, I went in and watched the television while I was sort of drying and then when I was washing I, I went in and put the radio on in the kitchen. So I saw a bit of both, but there was some very, very decent football played. That's the bit I wanted to ask. That's yeah. the bit I want to know. Yeah, there's some 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 excellent football was played, and I think um, I don't think it's important whether England win the World Cup or not. I think the important thing that comes out of it is six point one million people watched it, and that is what the future of the women's game is all about it's about increasing i think gaining is a bit patronizing but it's about increasing its integrity and its popularity and it's like sort of if england play rubbish one of the girls said this if england play rubbish we won't tell enough you know we we, we, we like to be criticized for playing badly and uh you know don't say Oh, well, they did really well, considering the girls. You know, the, 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 if, if we can get away from that side of it, then that is the most important thing for the game. And I loved the way that Gary Neville, um, Phil Neville, rather, got them together on the pitch and gave them a bit of a rollicking afterwards, the way they were outplayed in the second half by Scotland. Because uh, I think he expected a more dominant performance against an opponent that they beat 6-0 last time out. So, um, full credit to Shelley Kerr and the girls, I would say. Oh, we're name-dropping now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 done the homework. Oh, God, yeah. Done the homework. Right, um, ten months ago, Chloe Davis never been even picked up a pair of boxing gloves, and now she's 
pulling an England shirt on. So, um, well done, young Chloe. And, um... Well done, Tony. You know, I had to pick him at the fandom night. Yes, okay. <laughs> Thanks to, um, to Dean for letting her off training early. We're going to try now and go to, um, <laughs> Suggy's gym and see if we can talk, uh, to Chloe. Let's just hope nobody else is ringing Suggy's gym at the same time. Or oh, Houston, we have a problem. When Tony and I went to Farndon to see Newark Amateur Boxing Club's um, last event, Chloe Davis was um, there doing a skills contest. And on the way home in the car, Tony, who is, I have to give him his due, is fairly cute when it comes to boxing, tells me that girl has got skill, that girl will go far. Um, and I just made a mental note of that. And um, ten months, less than ten months after she picked up a pair of boxing gloves, we say welcome to Radio New York, Chloe Davis, to tell us all about a very, very special weekend. Chloe, welcome. Oh, yeah. Tell me what happened yesterday. Um, yesterday I was fighting and representing my country, fighting for GB. Could, and, uh, could, could you believe when you pulled uh, that England vest on, what was happening? No, not at the time. I thought it was like all a dream. So, yeah, I was happy to have the vest on to do my country pride. I I remember, Chloe, the first bout you ever had when I saw that at Fondon, and I I think I said to your dad, I'm not sure she wants to, she's cut out for this and she wants to do it. Since that first night, though, what's, what's changed? Because you've completely changed in the way that you look, the way that you act, and the way that you box. Um, I think my confidence has grown, and um, I'm not worried what other people think. I just go out there to perform my best and do what I know I can do. And um, what would you say to the likes of, of Dean and, and Regis and Megan and, and, and Chad? Uh, well, massive thanks to them, because without them I wouldn't be where I am today. What? So, yeah. And that... And has Mum seen you yet? Because I, I, I do know your mother, and I do know Mum is not a great fan of actually watching you, and she sits at home chewing her fingernails every time. <laughs> Are we going to get her to the side of a ring, Chloe? Uh, I'm trying to get her to this home show, but I don't think she'll come. I think we're going to have to pick her up, aren't we? She's going to have yeah. to be a Radio Newark guest for the night, because, you know... She should be so, and I know she's so proud of you, but she just, she's like any mum. She's very yeah. nervous. What, what's it like at, at school now? Because you've gone from just a normal, everyday schoolgirl to I box for England. Um, yeah, well, my teachers are very, like, supportive and always ask me if I've got fights, and all the people at school will always be asking, like, saying, well done if I've had a fight, so they know, like, that what I do and everything and they're like happy and everything so it's all good it is all good for you and um shouldn't ask a lady about your diet but um the way you eat and what you eat has become very important to you yeah yeah um I find that hard like with the weight but it's what everyone has to go through it to box and to succeed so yeah and you're certainly doing that what what's coming up next then for Chloe uh well next month we've got training with GB and then home show in September which hopefully I'm fighting on. We look forward to that because we, we, we love the home show now, and you got another training session with D uh, and GB and have you already made some new friends? Yeah 
Uh, yeah, there's some nice girls at the uh, GB squad. Well, the world, as they say, is in front of you now. Go and and enjoy it, and we're going to be following you all the way. You are certainly the star of 2019, Chloe. Well, well done. Keep it going. And did they let you keep the England vest? Yeah, I've got my two kits and uh, England top. So, is that going to go in a nice frame now? <laughs> Where's it going to go? At New York Amateur Boxing Club or at home? Um, I don't know, probably both at home and at the gym. It is. needs to be in a nice frame. You've got to get Dad onto that, that job. <laughs> Chloe, you should be so proud. It's a fantastic achievement. Well done. Um, keep talking to us. I know you're coming into the studio um, sometime in July to, yeah. to talk to us again, so that's great. But I couldn't let it go yesterday. Not many people get to pull an international shirt on. Yeah. You are one of the very few people in Newark that's done that. Well done, young lady. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. And, Mr Smith, and I have to give you credit, I hate to do it, <laughs> but I have to give you credit, you did, quite rightly, point her out. Well, it, it, it doesn't take a genius, does it? I mean, you can, you can stand next to a football pitch, rugby pitch... And, and the quality will stand out. Stands out a mile. And, and she just uh, found them that night. You could just tell. There was somebody with a future ahead of her. She was absolutely superb. And it, it, it just, you know, I mean, like, sort of... I was, I was reading a lovely, lovely book, Peter Crouch, How to Be a Footballer, today. And he was talking about seeing uh, Stephen Gerrard for the first time as a 17-year-old as a in an under-17 match at... Uh, under-19s match, sorry, at Tottenham. Youth team game at Tottenham. Stephen Gerrard came in, crunched this opponent three years older than him and then took the ball to the other end of the pitch and hit the crossbar. And they and just went, who the hell's that? I mean, you don't have to be a football genius. You don't have to be the guy who, who, who discovered, you know, sort of Muhammad Ali to be able to see quality when it's in front of you. And Chloe that night was outstanding. You could just tell, class. So I'll tell Dean that you spotted her and not him. No, 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 don't tell him that because <laughs> I can't fight. <laughs> and I've seen Dean in action, so... <clears throat> I'd, I'd have never got in that ring with Lex Easton, put it that way. <clears throat> um, staying with boxing, um, you've got a little story to tell us. Because I think yeah. you, you, you feel different about the Anthony Joshua fight than a lot of other people do. I, 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 I do because I've heard so many stories from his entourage, um, excuses for why he lost to um, well, well, why he lost to the Mexican guy on 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 the other night, and I, I, I just. Uh, one of the stories I've heard is that, is that he had a panic attack in his dressing room. If he did, then it's no wonder that he fought like he did. If he didn't, then that is an awful, wicked excuse to use for anybody not performing well. If you make that up about people, it's an insult, a total insult, to all those people who've suffered in that, in that way. But, um, I don't know his first name, Barry Hearns, lad, who promotes Joshua, um, he said that, Ruiz was very underestimated. Ruiz Jr. was very underestimated by a lot of people because he's a fat lad. But basically, he caught uh, Joshua with a world-class punch to the back or the side of the head, and Joshua didn't know where he was for the remainder of the fight. 
So, you know, if that is the case, I mean, I I, I only saw the fight on the sort of bootleg thing on the uh, laptop. Um, so you couldn't really analyse it properly. But he looked very, very dazed and, and, and really didn't throw any punches back to sort of um, be a part of the fight. I, I just, I, I think... I think the rematch is too soon. It's been done for financial reasons and not for Anthony Joshua's future, and I think the rematch is far, far too soon. Isn't that boxing's problem the same as football's problems? It's all done for money these days, but hey-ho, that's the way it... That's yeah, the way I mean, um, boxing always has been about money, and that's because a lot of people um, wouldn't have money uh, that... A lot of people go into boxing to make money, and a lot of people, when the boxing career is, is over, stop in boxing because they need the money, and that's when they get badly hurt. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just... Um, <clears throat> it's one of those sports where you um, you really... It's difficult to sometimes take things on face value because all you see is the evidence in front of your eyes. There's an awful lot that goes on behind the scenes that uh, perhaps, you know, the public aren't privy to. Tomorrow night, uh, Stacey Atkins is coming to see us. Stacey, of course, is one of the regulars in this show, and I will start by talking what Iron Man exploits that she's been up to. But uh, um, a latest um, gig, so to speak, is the Alphabet of Park Run. Mm. So um, I do notice that some of the Striders gang disappeared off to Jersey at the weekend to get to get Jay. Not sure if Stacey was part of that group. Um, there is a Jersey Hill Park run, by the way, near Stevenage, but obviously the island of Jersey holds a little bit more. So she's coming in um, on Tuesday, tomorrow even, and Pat Bailey. Who's Pat Bailey? Jan Bailey's mum. Why invite Jan Bailey's mum? Tune in on Wednesday night and I tell you, <laughs> you are in for an absolute cracker. Coming up now, it's A-Day and we're getting closer to the Big Susie Q interview. We are- 